Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah, Yeshayahu 11a, the first podcast on chapter 11 of Yeshayahu. This is Saul Weinreb, your host. In this podcast, we begin what is probably the most famous chapter in Yeshayahu. While this chapter is the most complete and comprehensive vision of the days of the Messiah, of the Mashiach. There are many interesting characteristics of this prophecy, and so much has been written and spoken about this chapter. However, I will focus on a few that I find to be especially interesting and enlightening. Let's first point out the context of this chapter, which is really a continuation of the last chapter, most specifically the last several verses of chapter 10. Starting from the words, Od Hayom Benov Amod. On this day at Nov, near Jerusalem, a man will stand and wave his hand over the mountain of Zion and Jerusalem. In, that, in those several verses at the end of the last chapter, Ishayahu is encouraging the people of Yehuda who are about to suffer the terrible onslaught of the Assyrian armies and terrible suffering was about to occur. But he encouraged the people by saying that there will yet be a day when this suffering will be over and Assyria will be cut down and the Jews that would remain in Judah will then reestablish the king of Judah and the house of David. Indeed, when this chapter is read as the Haftarah, as the portion of prophets read in the synagogue, it is read on the eighth day of Passover in the Diaspora and in Israel on the day of Israeli independence. And indeed it is begun with those words, Od Amod, because it is kind of a continuation. However, it is interesting that suddenly after making this powerful prediction about a specific event that was to occur in their lifetime over a specific battle between Assyria and Judah, Yeshayahu almost enters into a completely different state of mind. He goes from speaking to the Jews about a coming conflict, coming conflict to addressing the entire world and suddenly envisioning world peace in what may be a far-off time, somewhere out in the distant future. It's almost as if he entered in some into some dreamy state of mind where he was imagining a time of peace, justice, and beauty. He suddenly switches from addressing his own nation that stood before him to addressing the entire world, the entire universe. He suddenly switches from addressing a specific event to addressing the path of world history and the ultimate end of where we are going. This, more than any of the other of Yeshayahu's prophecies, really brings out the true nature of this great prophet. To Yeshayahu, it is never about a small parochial victory or miracle. What happens in all of our lives, both personally and on a national level, is never about this specific event, this specific person, this specific victory or loss. Yeshayahu reminds us here that everything is part of a greater whole. We are all trying to move the world closer and closer and closer to this ideal. And although our battles and victories may seem small and limited, they're actually all part of our efforts to bring about this great vision of justice and righteousness that will one day conquer the entire world. Let's begin with verse 1. A shoot, a small sprout, will grow out of the stump of Jesse, the stump of Yishai, the father of David. 
the forefather of the Davidic dynasty. A small twig will sprout forth from this bunch of roots. Maybe today we're just cutting down the nation of Assyria, says Ishayahu to the people, in order to reestablish his nation. But one day, out of the stump of Yehuda, a small shoot will grow. The remnants of the Jewish people whose job it is to teach the world of these values which I'm about to speak to you about will one day express themselves across the entire world in the days to come. The preservation of the kingdom of Judah in today's battle is but one part of the grand mission which will one day restore peace on earth. Ishael is reminding us that <coughs> every small part of the struggle plays a part in the great scheme. Don't think that your small part is meaningless. The little thing that you do is important. That's why he chooses the metaphor of a small shoot growing from a large stump. A small twig that looks tiny, that looks like nothing, will eventually one day be a, <coughs> a giant and mighty tree. Verse 2. The Spirit of God shall alight upon this person, this individual, this shoot. <coughs> a spirit of wisdom and understanding. A spirit of counsel and insight. A spirit of knowledge and loyalty to God. What will this twig become? This twig will eventually grow into... <coughs> a world leader upon whom rests the Spirit of God. What is the Spirit of God according to Yeshayahu? Knowledge, wisdom, insight, <coughs> strength and courage, and most of all devotion and loyalty to God. What does loyalty to God mean according to Yeshayahu? He's telling us that it means wisdom and knowledge. Any force that suppresses knowledge, any force that pushes people to not learn, to not know more, is a force that brings the redemption further and further away. Nothing is more important than the open and true pursuit of knowledge because what does that bring? This brings this leader to This person will be able to sense the truth because of his loyalty to God. <coughs> I'm translating Yirat Hashem not as fear of God, which is awesome, which is often translated, but as loyalty to God. As one who's been studying Ishayahu until this point would see that Yirah, meaning loyalty to God, is a much Loyalty to God and not to any other force or idol or self for that matter. But loyalty to God alone, that's what Yeras Hashem truly means. He does not just use what seems to him to be right according to his own eyes and ears, but rather when he judges people and nations, he uses only his loyalty to God, his loyalty to those ideals, tzedek mishpat, justice and righteousness, in order to make those judgments. Most importantly, he removes all selfishness from his decision-making process. It's not mishma aznov, it's not mara'enov, it's not what he thinks, it's what he sees, but rather it's loyalty to God alone, not loyalty to himself. Vishafat b'tzedek dalim, what happens when this leader looks that way and sees that things that way and removes all selfishness then he can judge the poor with tzedek with righteousness then then he can be able to properly and straightly judge the lowest people in the social structure then then he'll be able to strike the land with the rod the stick of his mouth in other words his knowledge will be so strong that with his knowledge and his speech alone 
He'll be able to conquer He'll be able to destroy and kill and slay evil simply because of his pronouncements and his ideas and his teachings. Vayat Sedek Azar Masnav. What will he dress himself in? What will he gird himself or tighten his belt with? With tzedek, with righteousness. Viha emuna and trustworthiness. Azor Khalatsov. That's what he dresses himself with trustworthiness. And what happens when the world is led by someone like this? <coughs> what happens when the world lives up to these ideals? Vigar Zaev him keves. The wolf will live with the sheep. Vinamer im gedir butts, and the leopard will crouch and lie with the with the goat. and the lion will lie together with the calf. and a small child will be able to lead these vicious, otherwise vicious predators. Why is that? Because the predators of the world will no longer be dangerous to their prey. Now it is truth and justice that it is in charge, not power, viciousness, and violence. People and nations can no longer take advantage of each other. Continue The cow and the bear will together graze in the fields, and their children, the, cub, the bear cubs and the calves, will play together. And a lion will get food from the ground, will eat straw just like cattle do. No more will one person or nation grow by destroying another. A baby shall play over a snake's hole. A baby will be able to, an infant can pass his hand over the den of a poisonous snake. These are all metaphors, obviously, of nations and people dropping violence and pursuing knowledge, as we see. There will, on my holy mountain, there will no longer be evil. There will no longer be destruction. Why? What is my holy mountain? The entire world is full with knowledge. With knowledge of God. What is keeping the world like this? Why is evil and destruction gone? Because the world is full of knowledge of God. The world knows that to know God is to acquire knowledge. Knowledge and wisdom is peace. And the only thing that is enough to cover the world as the oceans cover the earth only knowledge can do that. In the next podcast, we will complete this chapter. And Yeshayahu will change his focus from this worldly vision, which was the primary, the beginning of the vision of world peace, was seeing the entire world as a place of peace and justice. He's going to then focus on the specific role of the Jewish people. We hope to see you again for our next podcast. Thank you.